Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From NewSounds.org and the studios of WNYC in New York, this is Soundcheck, our series of live performances and interviews. I'm John Schaefer. Sax player Marcus Strickland has played a lot of jazz with a lot of leading figures from Roy Haynes to Wynton Marsalis, but his own band, Twilife, includes elements of hip-hop and soul and often sees Strickland making beats as well as playing sax or bass clarinet. Their brand new album is called The Universe's Wildest Dream. It's a concept album of a sort, and we'll talk to Marcus about it in a bit. But first, here's Marcus and the band to play a piece called Dust Ball Fantasy. Thank you. 
That's a live version of Dust Ball Fantasy from Marcus Strickland and the band Twilight live here in the studio. That is a track from the band's new album, The Universe's Wildest Dream, out tomorrow. Uh, Twilight includes, of course, Marcus on sax, Charles Haynes behind the drum kit, Kyle Miles on bass, and Mitch Henry playing the, uh, the various keyboards, including our piano, his synthesizer, and a Hammond B3 organ with a Leslie cabinet speaker. Yes. Marcus, <laughs> welcome. Thank you for having me, John. Y- you know, uh, this is a fabulous record, and there's so much to talk about, but my like like a dog with a squirrel, my attention keeps getting drawn to the Hammond B3. <laughs> oh, the, yeah. It's just That's like, a major part of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, the sound world of this album, this is mm. not like you know, a jazz record in the classic mm-hmm. sense where four guys go into a room and they record something mm-hmm. that can then be presented. I mean, this is a studio production. Yeah. There are overdubs, there's found mm-hmm. sound, there's like layers of electronic sound. Mm-hmm. What was the idea? What was the concept behind this concept record? Yeah, the, the concept is uh, is basically that we want to present all of what we are uh, we we do studio work. Uh, everybody here in their own right is a producer. Uh, you know, especially Charles. His his uh, production uh, skills and knowledge is is absolutely amazing. And uh, we're we're not letting, allowing like genres or uh, marketing uh, tools to to limit what we're gonna do for the record or or even live. And, uh, you know, depending on the back line, we can, we can bring it all, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, Dust, Dust Ball Fantasy on the record has Lionel Lueke, the, oh, yes. the West African guitarist and yeah. vocalist. And obviously you've worked up a version for, for just the quartet. Yeah. Um, a song like Infinity has this kind of, way in the background, there's this kind of shimmery electronic sound. Oh, yeah. why but it kind of reminded me you know that cosmic microwave background radiation that they say is all through oh the, yeah <laughs> you know, it's just like this kind of distant twinkling sound which oh definitely which seems to to go really well with the idea that is animating this particular record which is oh, just yeah. this realization how how odd and incredible it is that we are even here in oh, this yes. universe. Oh yeah, it, it definitely is. And uh it, it's uh it you know this whole the whole concept for this record uh came out of a, a whole lot of experiences that happened during the lockdown uh in twenty twenty. Uh definitely had a lot of more time to to uh to think about things and and uh I, I encountered a whole lot of people like activists in many different areas uh and a lot of things were going on uh uh, politically during that time so yeah it really just it was very fertile ground and I, I decided one day I was like okay I have to record how I feel right now I can't wait until years later after the fact and then try to recapture that it has to be authentic and I sat down with my bass clarinet and I recorded what I felt was a prayer for the world 
and that became the first track and inspiration for this record. So the idea, again, that, you know, it's sort of miraculous that we're even here. Yeah. And we kind of take that for granted and oh, assume yes. that we'll continue to be here. Yeah. Even as we do mm-hmm. our level best to make sure that you know, that <laughs> yeah. ain't going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you know, it's it's a really, um, as I say, it's a fascinating sound world that you've mm-hmm. created. Mm-hmm. And, and as you've already said, it, it's it's beyond, like, the confines of one genre or another. Mm-hmm. Th- that song, Infinity, features uh, Ross Stimulant, who is yes. a Jamaican, mm-hmm. what would you say, producer slash spoken oh. word? Oh, he seems to be a, a man of many, many different <laughs> talents. Uh, I, I encountered him on YouTube. I was going through YouTube, and I, I saw him talking about uh, the universe. I, 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 I already made the song. Uh, I knew it was called Infinity, but I was like, man, it would be very nice to have uh, a Rastafarian talking about uh, what they think about that feeling. And I, you know, I, I tapped, I tapped uh, Infinity into the search and yeah, the rabbit hole goes on and on and I find him. And it's just it was just it was just perfect. And I, I sent it to Charles and we uh we put it into the track and uh it's just yeah, he's he's a he's a very in, incredible uh person. He has many other uh sayings on, on YouTube that just really kinda rock my world, man. So ah. yeah. So you had the song already, but he had something to, that you felt to, that he could add to it. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. It's, it becomes ne- yet another texture. Yeah. yeah. So basically, the production on this record, was it you and Charles? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the record is called The Universe's Wildest Dream, and um, Marcus Strickland and Twilife will be playing this music next week, Tuesday and Wednesday night, at the Blue Note. Yes, looking forward. Um, how much... Of this, uh, you know, I mean, such a big idea, life, the universe, and mm-hmm. everything, as Douglas Adams famously said in The Hitchhiker's <laughs> Guide to the Galaxy. Yes. But there's also the, the kind of the little quotidian moments, like Bird Call. Mm-hmm. Yes. At the end of the track on the record, exactly. we hear the, the, a recording of, like, a dove. A morning dove, yes. I mean, that's at the end of the track, but was that the, actually the seed of the, of the song? Oh, yes, it is. Uh, it, it actually is the, uh, the five notes that I heard, uh, the morning dove that was outside of my apartment's window uh, every single morning of that lock- lockdown. Uh, a, a, a bird made a nest right next to my window, and uh, I I decided to you know transcribe those those notes and make it into a song, and that was the seed of the song. All right, you yeah. want to play that for us? Sure. All right, Marcus Strickland picking up the sax. Bird call is the name of the song. It's from the new record, The Universe's Wildest Dream. But here's a live performance in our studio.
That is Bird Call from Marcus Strickland. You'll find a version of that on the new album called The Universe's Wildest Dream. So are we human beings? Are we the universe's wildest dream? Yes, according to the concept of the record, um, I figured, um, I, I well, actually, a, a very good way to describe the concept would be something I, I overheard somebody saying last night at the Vanguard. Imagine somebody getting interviewed uh, and the person asks, what's the most beautiful creature you've ever seen? And then the person responds, what, here on Earth? <laughs> <laughs> like, where else would you see that? <laughs> uh, it really kind of points to the, the, the miracle that we are. Um, yeah. We haven't seen anything like us yet. So maybe it's time to really focus on preserving who we are. And what we have. Exactly, yeah. yes. Um, so, but bird call is interesting because it kind of reminds us that there were creatures singing mm-hmm. before we ever appeared on the scene. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I, I'm not sure if you would use the word music, but I know there are some scientists who find like repeating patterns in bird song. Oh, and, definitely. You know, that that sounds musical. It's definitely a song. It's definitely a song, and it's used for the same thing to attract your your mate. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what's happening here? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, so there's also a kind of Afrofuturist cast to mm. this this particular story, and yes. maybe to the band itself. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the name Twilight. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like Twilight, but I don't know if you intended it this way. But yeah, it's a play on words. I uh, combine the word uh, Twilight with. Uh, what I was experiencing at that time was, which was, you know, I was hearing about the iPad, the the iPhone, and iLife, and all that stuff. So I kind of combined those two things and uh, came up with Twilight, which oh. kind of represents how I felt. Uh, you know, I was playing at the time. I was playing straight up bebop with Roy Haynes. Right. Uh, but at the same time, I'll go home and program a beat, uh, in you know, in the style of like Jay Dilla or Pete Rock. So yeah, it uh, it was my way of combining those two worlds. Huh. Yeah, interesting because I I, I was going to say Twilight and High Life. <laughs> okay, got gotcha, you. The yeah. West African yeah. pop style, and, yeah. and of course T W I Twee. That's like the, oh yeah, the big language in in Ghana. In Ghana, yeah, I've I've encountered a lot of people, uh, Ghanaian people, uh, off stage. They say, "Oh my God, you." <laughs> You named it after our lengths. I was like, oh, I'm sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> but yeah. No, no. I mean, that's, you know, that's your that's the hidden intention that you yeah. had. That, that even you didn't know about <laughs> exactly. when you were <laughs> coming up with the name. Um, so there is, and, and you know, Afrofuturism has become, you know, a, a pretty widespread thing. But mm. if you travel back far enough, it, it has its roots in, in jazz. In oh, yeah. people like Sun Ra. Sun Ra, exactly, yeah. So you're you're kind of extending um, a venerable tradition with with this band and and this album. Definitely. There's now you mentioned earlier the opening prayer, the thing that you just kind of like, you know, that kind of fell out of you during lockdown. Yes. There's there's a that's your voice that does the the actual prayer itself, right? Yes. Earth, the miraculously precise, delicate, and unlikely environment needed to harbor life. The wealthiest earthlings plan to discover, sample, and profit from random minerals and elements scattered throughout the void beyond. 
Another voice in the background at one point that yells, shout out to Gil Scott Heron. That's me too. That's you too. <laughs> um, why, is, why is he being invoked in this prayer? Oh, because the, the prayer, it talks about um, uh, a current situation in, in which uh, Mars is being seen as a prospect when we have so many problems here on Earth. And it reminds me of Gil Scott's uh, piece, uh, I think it's called Whitey on the Moon. It's like uh, we're we have all these problems here on Earth, but um, the white man's on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, he he had been he he'd been here on on the show w- once or twice, and you know he people were constantly referring to him as like the Godfather of of rap, the Godfather of hip hop, and yeah, he was not best pleased by that. Yeah. Um, but now, mm-hmm. as we see all those genres melting, you know, oh, yes. your work, Robert Glasper oh, doing yeah. similar things, I kind of feel like, you know, if he had just been with us a, l- a little bit longer, that he might have seen what people were talking about when they yeah. called him that. I, you know what? I think I actually, I think I actually experienced when he finally got it, and that would be at. Carnegie Hall with Most Deaf uh, when he had uh, the Watermelon Syndicate Band. Uh, he invited Gil Scott Heron on the stage to share this moment, uh, the first rapper to, to adorn the, uh, the Carnegie Hall stage. He invited him to share that moment with him, and both of them were in tears. Wow. So I think that was, I think it, was, it, it got across to him. Wow. Before he left, yeah. Uh, was this before Mos Def became Yassin Bey? Exactly, he, yeah. Yeah, okay. Nice. Um, you know, there, there are moments on the record uh, that have titles that, that can be seen in a couple of different ways. One of them is matter. Oh, I yes. I mean, you know, the universe mm-hmm. is made of matter. You know, yes. It's all matter and mm-hmm. energy. Yes. But then, of course, there's also... You were referring to the politics of ni- of twenty twenty before Black exactly. Lives Matter. Yes. you know, was mm-hmm. on a lot of people's minds and lips. Yes, yes. And it seems like that piece really is kind of about both things at once. Exactly. Yeah, that was exactly the intention. Uh, and the and and it's kind of uh, my way of tying in the uh, the problems that we face here on planet Earth and how small it might seem to the universe, but at at the same time, how uh, intertwined it can be when you just talk about uh, uh, a simple uh, existence of, of, of anything, you know, even a rock. <laughs> it's like, it does matter. That shouldn't cause any uh, fuss. <laughs> Do you know this South African philosophy of Ubuntu? Oh, I, I've I've heard about it, but I, I'm not really. Yeah, well, what, what you were just saying yeah. is like you know yeah. that 
you know, we are who we are because of mm. everything and everyone around us. Exactly, it's yeah. it's all important and it's all interconnected. I mean, yeah. Desmond Tutu used to uh, espouse that kind of thinking a lot. Nice, yes. Yeah. Um, and who is Christy DeShiel, who is the voice on, on Matter? Oh, Christy DeShiel. Is this another one of your YouTube discoveries? <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually discovered this person in real life. I was... I was in D.C. at the Bohemian Caverns. Uh, it's too bad that that place doesn't exist anymore. But I was there um, with Ben Williams, and Ben brought up uh, his homie from the audience. It's like, this is my homie, Chrissy DeShield. She's going to sing this song with us. I can't remember what, what it was, but she sang, and and I just couldn't get over the fact that I felt like I was trading with a horn player. Mm. She's so accurate and... Uh, so interactive and her her ears are tremendously huge and receptive of every single French frequency around and I was very surprised to learn on a tour I did with her recently that she doesn't have perfect perfect pitch but it's pretty damn perfect <laughs> um, and uh, yeah it's you know I ever since then I kept her in my mind and yeah. and uh, and I, I had a gig that Jean Cook Baylor couldn't make and she recommended Christy DeShiel and uh, and once we, I brought her up. I was like, "You're the one that sat in with us at <laughs> Bellamy." I was like, "Yeah." So yeah, great, wow. great. Interesting to hear a horn player say that a singer felt like another horn. When mm-hmm. you know, of course, when we say that a horn player sounds mm-hmm. like he or she is singing, that's yeah. like the highest yes compliment we can give. Definitely, yeah. I I feel uh, you know the interchangeable. Uh, compliment there is just that uh horn with the horn you have this uh this way of harnessing those frequencies so accurately and like mm. yeah the way that she does it is incredible like you know the, the likes of barbie mcfarian yeah right yeah right speaking with uh, marcus strickland the uh, the new album called the universe's wildest dream out tomorrow and then the band playing at the blue note on uh, tuesday and wednesday of next week here in new york the 17th and 18th mm. Um, the next piece you're going to do for us is called You and I, an Anomaly, yes. which is another one of those kind of like, you know, big picture view oh, of, yes. of our little planet and our existence on it. Yes. Um, were all of these songs written during lockdown? Is all of this a product of you being stuck inside and thinking <laughs> big thoughts because there was nothing else to do. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, that's a long time to, to be away from uh, what you love to do or uh, the, the, the everyday busy life that you, you're used to. So it really does give you uh, actual time to, to compl- uh, contemplate uh, our existence and uh, what does that mean? What does that mean to me? Um, and with this particular song, I was definitely thinking of uh, the miracle that uh, you know, yeah, we exist, but whatever created our existence decided we should have some company, mm. and with that, you get you have the byproduct of relationships, and the the song is made to mimic that the the many the turmoil of res- relationships. So both interpersonal and interspecies, because we yes. do share this planet. Oh yes, yeah. definitely. Okay. Yes. Let's uh, <laughs> let's hear a live performance from Marcus Strickland and the band Twilight. They're here in the studio. The piece is called "You and I: An Anomaly." 
that is You and I, an anomaly, live performance by Marcus Strickland and the band Twilife, with Mitch Henry playing the Hammond B3 organ and the synthesizer, Kyle Miles on bass, Charles Haynes once again behind the drums, and, you know, if you told me, Marcus, that that was like some old song from the 40s that you had just kind of cast as a bebop number i would have believed you i mean <laughs> it sounds like there's a great american songbook tune somewhere in there <laughs> thank you yeah it's a uh, um, one thing that i had to kind of deprogram as a jazz musician uh, was uh making a memorable melody mm. <laughs> i think uh, uh a lot of uh what can at times alienate people from this music is not having something that people can remember and uh, actually hum to themselves in the shower the next day after they hear a concert or, or a record. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, that's one thing that I really started working on and uh, getting into my writing. Well, you know, if you uh, if you had a lyricist come along and you know put words to that, and yeah. I, I mean, I could easily hear someone retrofitting that into like oh, yeah. an old style ballad or something. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Um, this is your. I think this is your first. Well, maybe it's not your first time here yeah. in the studio, but your brother EJ has been here. Yeah. A, a couple of times. Yeah, I've been here with Etienne. With Etienne yeah, Charles, yeah. right? Um, Growing up with a twin who is also a musician, mm-hmm. uh, it must be a wonderful thing. Um, I, I'm just wondering what that dynamic was when the two of you, you mm-hmm. know, chose your respective instruments mm-hmm. and started playing. I mean, yeah. y- you seem to have a real kind of rhythmic uh, impetus behind a lot of your writing. Does that come from having a twin brother who's constantly banging and bashing on things? <laughs> yes, it definitely does. Uh, <laughs> that that definitely uh, influenced me uh, a whole lot. Uh, and also my my dad is a drummer. Oh. Uh, he, he smartened up and became a lawyer at some point. <laughs> but he was a, a classical percussionist, actually a principal snare, snare drummer uh, for the longest time. And uh, when he got to UM, which I teach at now, <laughs> University of University of Miami, sorry, not Michigan. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, he, uh, yeah, he he was studying there uh, at the same time Pat Metheny was studying uh-huh. there, uh, and yeah, he was a DJ and he he brought all kinds of uh, music uh, home. He ha- he always had like some incredible vinyl laying around. Mm-hmm. So like both me and my brother were learning music at the same time, and and I started like learning songs. Uh, without the accompaniment of a full rhythm section, just me and drums. So, like, that really, I think that instilled uh, a whole lot of rhythmic dependency, I mean, independency in my playing. Or interdependency. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Sax and drums, I mean, shades of Coltrane and Elvin Jones. Definitely, yeah. Some of those ultimate duets that they would do. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so you were talking before, you know, the idea that Mars is out there and people like Elon Musk are saying Mars is where we go next <laughs> after we've completely wrecked Earth. And, uh, and, and you to know, a barren ha- planet. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. But having said that, mm-hmm. the album concludes with a piece called Joy for Jupiter. Oh, yes. So what do we make of that? You always... Are we going to skip Mars <laughs> and go right to like one of the moons of Jupiter? <laughs> oh, yeah. Joy for Jupiter is because uh, I, I like I love to leave people with hope and uh, and 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 gratitude. And uh, if there's anything to uh, interstellarly uh, be grateful for, 
It would be Jupiter and the countless moons that they keep on finding new moons around Jupiter. Um, because of the gravitational pull of Jupiter, I mean, it holds gas into this big sphere that is right. so much larger than Earth. But uh, it also attracts other masses to it. And it's got all these moons that actually protect um, Earth and all the other inner planets uh, around the sun from comets and asteroids. You know, there's so many ways that it's uh, been protecting all these inner planets. And uh, so, yeah, that's been, you know, that's something huh. to really think about. It's like... It, it might not be someone that's looking over you. It might be something. Wow. <laughs> so not a place for us to go to, but a place that is keeping our place safe. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> I, I had never thought of it that way before. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Marcus Strickland, sax player and amateur astronomer. <laughs> here in the amateur. studio <laughs> with the band Twilight, Tuesday and Wednesday at the Blue Note. Yes. Uh, you must be looking forward to... I, I, I mean... Some of these pieces, I'm really eager to hear how you pull off something like Infinity Live. But oh yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm sure you've I'm sure you've figured that out. Oh, definitely. We got the layers. All right. <laughs> um, we'll we'll wrap up with a little bit of that uh, track called Joy for Jupiter. Marcus Strickland and Twilight guys, thank you so much for coming in and playing for us today. This has been great. Thank you. Appreciate it. That'll do it for now. Our technical director is Irene Trudell, our producer, Karen Havlick. I'm John Schaefer. You can find all of our soundcheck performances and interviews on our website at newsounds.org. ¶¶